0: Hi, I'm Bill Gaither, and welcome to More Than The Music, a podcast where you can join me for conversations with some of the most interesting people I know. Each episode features a special guest who has inspired me in some way during my 50 years in the music industry. You'll meet incredible artists, writers and comedians, sports figures, and other folks I'm grateful to call my friends. Join me now for this week's episode of More Than The Music, it's going to be good.
1: Oh, now let's all go down to the river. There's a man that's walking on the water.
0: Three cousins growing up in Fort Payne, Alabama, Teddy Gentry, Jeff Cook, and Randy Owen. As a big fan of gospel music for years, I've heard about this part of the world forever and forever because so much of gospel music started uh, in this part of the country, Mm -hmm. especially with the Goodman family close to Sand Mountain, I think, Fife, Alabama. So when I flew in yesterday, I said, okay, show me. Where is Sand Mountain? How far is Fife? Because my early history revolved a lot around this part of the country. And it was it was just a joy to be here and come into your hometown. It's good to be with you today, Randy, Jeff, and Teddy. This uh, has been been fun. By the way, I have come into some money since I've been in this town. Oh. Teddy gave me this coin. Oh. And Teddy, what did what did you tell me it was? It's a 1936
2: uh, Peace Dollar. My birthday. That's right. I had to look and find your birthday online yesterday, so I could try to find you one. And you know, it was hard to find one that old wheel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but part of your fan museum, you uh, you uh, you have your collection there, right? Uh, yes, right. We have a I have a little small coin shop there. We have fun try to get people started uh, collecting. Well, the Chamber of Commerce in this town are very very wise because all you see is Alabama, Alabama, and then. We've come into this beautiful house, Jeff, but first of all, we had to get on the Jeff Cook Highway. It's Parkway, but who's counting. Oh, (laughs) Parkway, okay. So so you have a street named after you. I do,
3: and Teddy has one also, and also Randy.
0: Randy, you got a street too? (laughs) It's a highway. (laughs) Oh, 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 it's a highway, oh. Excuse me. uh, There's an
3: Alabama parkway, Parkway, and then there, I think individually, there's some roads or highways or whatever.
0: We 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 appreciate it. I tried to put up a toll booth on mine. They wouldn't let me. <laughs> be you know, uh, you have an interesting story in that this is where you started and this is where you have stayed mm-hmm. your entire career. That's amazing.
3: Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think that's the reason why we're so different. Uh, our, I think that we haven't changed. uh like I was telling you yesterday, I was working in the garden yesterday with my mother.
0: Planting tomato plants. Yeah.
3: And, uh, you know, she still, she doesn't care who I am or what I've done. It's helped me out. So I'm helping her, you know, put out tomato plants. And I don't know, something about that, uh, it keeps you firmly grounded and you, yeah. uh it's like she may still have her hands kind of dirty, and she go ahead and hit the piano and, like, sing
0: songs. <laughs> yeah. So she'll hit that piano and start playing or whatever. Did you sing with your, uh, with your mother and your sisters when you first started singing? And my singing? daddy. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but daddy really was, he thumped the
3: guitar like Merle Travis when he played. And he had a thumb pick. And of course, boom, uh,
0: boom, boom, boom,
3: boom, boom. Yeah.
0: You've you got to be good to do
3: that. Well, that's the way I play. Yeah. But not in Alabama. Uh, okay. Jeff let me know early
0: on that he was the guitar player. <laughs> and don't you forget? And to stay out of the way and play rhythm guitar. But, uh, <laughs> Why is it that families quickly know how to go to harmony? I mean, right away. And I think that's true only in the in the in the country and in the gospel field. Well,
3: you know the thing my mother told me the other day. We we were talking, and she was talking about Teddy's mom. Well, there's three of them. She said, "Now you talking about now?" I remember this. I don't know if Teddy remembered or not. I don't. He was he's younger than he's younger than me and Jeff. Of course, he's the baby. <laughs> uh, she said, "Now you talking about singing?" And of course, my mom and my daddy, and I, well, I guess my mother's whole clan. They sang gospel music. I never heard them sing anything but gospel music. And so when we went to visit the Tig family, it was two piano players, and they all sang. And Paw was the head dude, and he directed. You know, did all the. I don't know how to do that. Somebody has to be the leader of the band. He's the leader. (laughs) He's a big old tall uh, man, and he knew every note, how to sing it. And one of the funny stories is my Uncle Grady. It's, uh, this guy said, you know, Well Randy, he's done really good. <laughs> you know, because it's in his blood. And he said, what, what blood? <laughs> and uh, the guy says, the Owen blood. Well, this is my Uncle Grady Owen. He said, oh, well, wait just a minute. Let me tell you something. Do you ever heard Henry Tigg sing? <laughs> and uh, the guy's like, well, no. And he said, "Well, Henry Tigg knows more about music and of the whole Owen family." Thing. <laughs> he and my papa Tig were buddies. They were both born in seven. But he had some, uh, you know, sharp words for anybody that said that the Owen clan got all the credit for, you know,
0: what I had done. I want to ask you a question. When you were growing up as kids, and and especially when, when you became young adults, and um, and you loved to do the music. Did anybody in your family ever uh, ever say to your father, or to your parents, uh, "What is old Randy, or what is old Teddy, or what is Jeff interested in?" Well, they like music. Well, what are they going to do for a living? When you going to get a real job? When you got- <laughs> <laughs> if people only knew how how hard the people work behind the
3: scenes as well as on stage. Yeah. You know, there wouldn't be a lot of that.
0: <laughs> Isn't it great to live in a country where you can do? When you can work at what you love yeah. and do it for a living, amen. It's like
3: it for us. It was so far fetched for so long. I'm telling you, it was like nothing, nothing. I mean, no, because we were so different. And then when it happened, it was like you couldn't be stopped. Yeah. Well, I mean, the one one thing that happened to the first big show. Was in Shreveport when we had no idea uh, what was going on. Places sold out the Hearst Coliseum, the old Hearst Coliseum. Well, at the end of the show, our manager went in to get paid, and they pulled a gun on
0: him.
3: <laughs> so I don't know. Did we ever get paid anything for that one? I don't think so. I don't think yeah. we ever got paid for it. I don't. Somebody made a lot of money. Yeah. And then the other time, prior, just prior to that, when we found out stuff was starting to happen, we were in West Palm Beach, and we we heard all this commotion, all this noise. So we walked out. and We're looking around, like, what are they doing? And so we listened to music, and we realized all those kids were there to see us play. Yeah. And so it was uh, it was almost like we we're working for
0: tips one week. And next week you were getting paid pretty big money for it. No, we
3: wouldn't get paid big money. We were doing a bunch of business. We didn't get paid. We sold a load of shows for five thousand dollars. Yeah. And we honored all those shows. Yeah. But when we went back the second time, we got paid. <laughs> and we, we were very
0: fortunate. What? Uh, were you in your thirties by then when that happened? Thirty. So, you had been working it's hard, long. you'd been working hard yes. when you were uh, in your 20s. And I think that's important. You know, young artists always look at people like you and say, you know, uh, how, how do I get there? Well, it's doing it a whole lot of time. And so, that would probably, you were working like for 10, 12 years, probably, if you start out 18 or 19. For a little bit of nothing, nothing, and yeah. uh, just because you loved uh, doing uh, doing what you're doing, and,
3: and the verbal abuse that would come from uh, just you know being out, you know nobody, no, you know, unless you were doing a cover tune, yeah, uh, whatever it was, they kind of liked that, but they didn't really like you. They liked you because you were singing that tune, yeah, yeah. And we started off right off the bat, start singing some of our songs we'd written. Yeah. And I remember the night, this big old boy named Jimmy Johnson from Lenore City, Tennessee. He walked up the stage, and me and Teddy just written My Homes in Alabama. Yeah. And of course, we couldn't wait to do it. We yeah. did it on yeah. stage. Oh. And this guy walked up, and he said, that's the best Southern rock song I've ever heard in my life. And that was like, I mean, it, I can still remember that just like, because that's one of the first times anybody had commented on the song that we wrote and yeah. we performed. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now when my feeble life is over. You know time
0: for me will be no more. They're cousins. And so how, how did you get together with the singing? I mean, just because you grew up in the same related families?
2: I mean, Randy kind of grew up, you know, we went to the same church when I was growing up. And uh, his mother and father and my mom and grandpa went to the same church. And me and him kind of hung out a lot in the afternoons. Uh, the Beatles were just kind of breaking in, and me and him would get together in the afternoon and exchange cords. Wow, we found this new cord. Look at this new cord. Around. <laughs> and, but, you know, it was really uh, in high school, I guess, the first time that uh, me and him was riding around one day and said, hey, this, uh, Jeff Cook has got his cousin. Around. We didn't know he was his cousin in time. He said, uh, just Jeff Cook, this guy in town has got a, He's got a PA system and lots of equipment in his back room, and we hear he's even got a, you know, guitars and basses and amps, and uh, so we stopped by. Just stopped by his house one afternoon, and uh, knocked on the door,
0: and just hit guitar it. in hand. And so y'all come so in. you did. So you uh, so you didn't know Jeff.
2: The I knew him oh, through, yeah. through school. Yeah. We went to the same high school together. Yeah. He played with. Other, he was he was kind of a famous musician in town. He, yeah, he was with like a famous a guy. A lot of other you know bands, and he had he had. Thank uh, yeah. you. Yeah. You you were in bands before we yeah. even thought about yeah. being having a band, and I, I, I knew, that's just on you. That's how. Before we had an electric guitar. Yeah. I, <laughs> in fact, I didn't even own a bass. He had a bass that day, so we went in and he invited <laughs> us back, and uh, uh, we started playing some, and I seemed like we we sang for a couple of hours and said, hey that don't sound too bad, so maybe we should, uh, you know, maybe get together and try to start a band, so. Then, then
3: this contest uh, happened at a area of school. The talent contest was supposed to get $500 and a trip to the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. Well, the turnout wasn't quite what they expected. We won out of 27 acts doing one Merle Haggard song. Yeah. And uh, what they wound up doing was giving us gas money and tickets.
2: And yeah. I played drums on that very first show mm-hmm. in 1969. And another cousin of ours played bass, and I remember we borrowed some outfits
0: <laughs> from a, from
2: a, <laughs> from had a, our back cousins of that ours, that <laughs> had, so we could all dress alike. And of course, none of them fit us. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, but <laughs> you know how you had to like, scrunch your shoulders up, and make it. We <laughs> took. Remember, we took a picture of that day, and it was a funny looking thing looking back. But that was what'd you sing?
0: What'd you sing? Sing me back home. One,
2: two, three. Sing me back home before I die. <laughs> we had two prepared. We had another Merle Haggard song. Silver wings shining in the sunlight. That was the two. We had two songs prepared, and there was like 25 acts entered. So uh, they, all, they said we all cut back to one song a piece. It's probably the first time I ever sat down behind a real set of drums. I played with coat hangers on boxes. Well, that and is right. He
3: was a great coat hanger
2: player. Yeah, I'm one of the best <laughs> in my fault. field. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I find
2: it
1: hard to find a good coat hanger player to take on
3: tour. Yeah, with. yeah. I thought expect- about. We need to put that
0: on our next record. I'm coat expensive.
2: hangers. I'm expensive.
0: But the fact that you still value this little town and and you still live here—that's uh, to me, that's a uh, that's a very important thing.
2: Yeah, that's. I think that's part of being here is that uh, we never had any reason to leave. I mean, it was our home, and uh, Nashville was kind of far into us.
0: You and the Stantler brothers share a similar story as far as uh, they start out in Stanton, Virginia, Mm -hmm. and uh, and they are still they they're retired now, of course, but they still live in that same town. And It is interesting talking with you, just like talking with them. Because I love to hear them talk. Yeah, because they got a unique. Accent. Yeah. I called him up one time, and I said, Harold, what are you doing? He says, I'm sitting here watching the Weather Channel. <laughs> I said, are you the guy who wrote, now don't tell me, I have nothing to do, and you're sitting there watching the Weather <laughs> Channel? <laughs> Flowers on the wall. Flowers on the wall. But they, they remind me a lot of you as far as as really cherishing your roots and who you are and where you came from. And I think that's one of the reasons people love love you guys so much. They just say, hey, you seem to be really uh, what you are. What were your early uh, country music uh, influences? I, your- did, I didn't
3: have a radio. Oh, you, you did not even have radio. The music I heard was uh, we stuff we sang in the cotton field, or stuff Daddy and Mama sang, or when uh. we were at churches, or stuff like that. Uh, uh, I remember that my cousin told me I could pick a lot more cotton if I sang this song. Uh, Hey, honeycomb, won't you be my baby? Honeycomb, be my. And of course, I, I was already picking as fast as I could. But uh, uh, it was a while before we got a radio.
2: We we had a radio. It was uh, an old true tone. I still have it. It was my my grandpa's house. Yeah, I do remember I was standing. I don't know how. It's my first memory of ever singing. I was I was must have been, maybe five or six years old, and the radio was on and my mom was ironing. And uh, there, were, I think it was it was a Hank Williams song. Uh, I saw the light or something that came on. And uh, but anyway, she, my mama was singing harmony when the first chorus went by. She was singing harmony. and I was listening to her. When the second chorus came by, I sang harmony. And she looked at me like, "How'd you? How'd you do how'd that?" Did you hear that? Yeah. You know. But it was like Randy. I guess uh, later on in life, I met my dad, and so. Musically, he was always, he, he was a big country music fan. He had a uh, Gibson guitar and sang like all the old Hank Williams Sr. stuff, but uh, uh, it was just always a uh, part of life growing up.
0: Well, and your state is so popular uh, for country music because of, uh, obviously because of Alabama, but Hank Williams? Oh, man. I was in Montgomery and I went into and, and the museum because I'm a big Hank Williams fan. I saw his original scribblings of uh, hear that lonesome whippoorwill. It sounds too blue to fly. The moon just went behind the clouds. I'm so lonesome I could cry. I love the verse that says, Did you ever see a fallen star light up the purple sky? Like me, it's lost its will to live. I'm so lonesome I could cry. And you know what? I make a case that all like good music is inspired Praise by God. Lord, I, to me that, I mean, to me, that's inspired me.
1: Oh, I saw the light,
0: I saw the
1: light. No more in darkness, no more in night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light.
0: And what was your first to album? My Home's in Alabama. Sing a little bit of that. Huh? Okay. <coughs> my home's, my home's in,
1: Alabama. in Alabama No matter where I lay my head My home's in Alabama Southern born
0: and southern bred Or something like that. This podcast is being sponsored by the folks at Game Show Network. Game Show Network is dedicated to creating family, friendly, fun programming that's right for everyone. They've got great shows morning, noon, and night, and their afternoon block of original programs from 4 to 8 are the kinds of Play along, laugh along shows that you can watch no matter who is in the room. Great to share with your kids or your grandkids. It's the kind of entertainment that will have everyone shouting their answers along with the television as they all watch the same screen. And these days, we know it's tough to get everyone to agree on, well, just about anything. If you're looking for entertainment that the whole family can enjoy together, the answer is Game Show Network. What is it about, I mean, you guys sing so well in tune, uh, and everybody talks about singing in tune. And I, I suppose non-musical people say, what do you mean by singing in tune? You know it when it's out of tune. <laughs> That's what best way to say it again. We try to stay out all the time. When,
2: when we were starting out, we had, a, we had an apartment together down in... Uh, Anniston, Alabama. Jeff no, had a no, no. Buying them, Alabama. No, buying them. Jeff had a real job and me and Randy were looking for work. <laughs> so we I, I finally landed, That's a good
3: way to put it. I, I,
2: I was a carpet layer, so I, I landed uh, I told him to uh, I, they run into some folks that said they needed a carpet layer. I said, Well, I got to have my assistant, Randy, <laughs> to come help me. So, anyway, we, we were scratching down living there, but we come in in the afternoon. No, and, you got to finish it up. I and, uh, got fired. Well, <laughs> I didn't know
3: the first thing about laying.
2: Uh, anyway, uh, the, as far as the singing goes, in the afternoon, uh, uh, we would come in and we'd sing uh, without any music. We'd just sing, you know, uh, jump into stuff and sing it. And even at night, we were. We had three beds in the same room, and we'd all, we'd all, uh, we'd lay there at night, and we'd sing until we'd fall slowly fall asleep. We just sing. One part would drop out. Well, men, yeah. men, and <laughs> Teddy
3: were kind of, we were late nighters,
2: but we'd come in and cookies in the bed,
3: and we go one, two, three. I know <laughs> I'm
2: only Shelly's winter love. <laughs> He'd wake up out of dead sleep and hit his part. <laughs> <thugs up. laughs>
1: Temptation, oh,
0: is there trouble anywhere? What year did the uh, tornado come through here?
2: 2012, I think it was. 34
3: uh, people from our county lost their lives. Uh, 34, not just. Injuries, uh, which is amazing to look at, but it was um, uh, the churches that did the work. I mean, the
2: sheriff and the sheriff deputies did an awesome job. When we found out the devastation, uh mean, uh, Randy called me or I call him. Well, anyway, we we talked and and said, hey, we we got to try to do something, you know we'd been off the road for several years and um said so we'd need to try to get back together and to do something so uh, we immediately called Jeff and Jeff said, I'm in there what we can do and um at that point then we tried trying to put together to do a show for uh for the victims because uh it, it changed it changed our whole community, it changed life. Sure. It, it ch- from then on it was never the same for, you know, so many people that we knew and people that we got to meet afterwards, that uh, it just uh, it changed our lives too. I mean, it made us want to go back out and try to help these people any way you could, you know. We 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 could not believe what happened with the music people.
3: Yeah, we, they, we couldn't believe that everybody that was asked to come and volunteer and come to Birmingham, Alabama, that they showed up. I mean, you couldn't buy that ticket. Uh-huh. Even
2: more people than we could have ever accommodated offered yeah, to, offer to right. come and yeah. you know, offer their services. That's what's and- so amazing that yeah. the show could have lasted
3: for a week. But it was just amazing the genuine. Feeling, I have mean, standing on the side of the stage and you go, okay, that's Martina McBride, she sang one song. <laughs> you got Cheryl Crow, she sang one song. And then, uh, I mean, I, I'm, y'all help me.
2: Brad Paisley's yeah. uh, performance had
1: the PA
3: system. Well, Brad donated a whole bunch of money yeah. with his stuff and on
2: and on. How much TV. you raise?
1: $2.4 million and counting.
2: Isn't that great? Oh, it was—it it, it was really just a drop in the bucket compared with the needs that was. I mean, it was when we got out and started really looking, we went out to Ruth, uh, uh, Ruth, you know, yeah, Ruth community out on. Uh, that was the one, and it—it it was just we never experienced anything like that in this community, you know.
0: But it, doesn't it also make you feel grateful that God gave you a platform that you could blow a whistle and say to these powerful people, including yourselves? We all need to band together here and do something together. And there's nothing as beautiful as when the body of Christ comes together, especially at the point of need, and say, We're stronger together than we are divided. I have
3: to tell you this, Bill. I'm visiting this lady, and she's there in the Ruth community. The daughter is leading the mama, who's like probably 80. And she says, "Don't be offended if she doesn't know who you are." I said, "That's not what this is about." Yeah. So she walks. She's walking up, and she says, "Mama, do you know who this is?" And she said, "Of course I do. I see him on the Gaither show every <laughs> night." <laughs> And she was talking about, you know, when I taped the thing with the Isaacs, I need thee. and And she even sang a little bit, but when she walked in the house, and she had been sitting in front of two doors, and they had moved from those two doors, and the tree came through the side of her house, and she was okay. But when she saw those new that new interior of this new house. To
2: see that look was... Uh, she said it was the first new stove she'd ever had. Yeah. In her own wife. So it was, uh,
3: you know, we said it many times, thanks to the people that we asked to be part of the show, because they made it an event unlike anything Alabama has ever seen. Hey.
1: Good Lord, you and
0: me. I love, love, love angels among us. Uh, I love the melo- I love the melody. You play on six, dun, dun. Give, give me the melody. Oh, I believe
1: there are. Angels among us.
0: Among us. (laughs) I love the intervals (laughs) in in the melody. A wonderful song with a wonderful melody, but a great message. I mean, to think, to really believe that, and I do believe it, and I don't know how many times I have said with our children when they're going through tough times, and Gloria and I have gone through tough times and said, God, this is out of my control.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm a fix-it guy. But there are some things I can't fix. That's right. And and, and if I didn't believe that, I would hate to compete with a guy who did believe that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you talk about security of the Lord. That is security.
3: That song. There's people who know that song that don't even know who Alabama is.
0: Yeah.
3: Because... It, it was one, I don't, I'm, the RCA company had no idea what to do with the song. So they released it as a Christmas song.
2: It was a bonus track. The very first time they released it, me and Randy had heard the song on a demo and we looked at each other and said, we gotta cut this song. And RCA, we'd, we'd about finished the, the CD and RCA said, well, we don't really hear the song, you know. Is, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, the, the, they said, uh, but if y'all want to put it on there as a bonus track, said so we'll, we'll put it in there as a bonus track on, on, for somebody. So, when the album came out, it, you know, it, it just, it was like electricity. I mean, it was, you know, uh, we every month or every couple of weeks, we, we'd get a story about. A real story about how this song Angel. touched somebody's life. This girl was in a coma for 30 days, Bill, and 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 uh, her parents, the doctors said, we well, bring her some music in and play it for her." That she, it said they said she loves the group Alabama, and they brought that song in and played it for her, and it, she can't When the song finished, she woke up, and it, I mean it was. And it, she came to our show, and and, she, and had a full recovery and came to our show at, at the mm-hmm. Alabama Theater. But every month it was one of those stories. The song was much bigger than we were. We mm-hmm. felt like that it had it was touched in a way that uh, that only God could 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 touch people. But uh, then RCA saw what they said. Wow! They wound up putting it on the next album as well because it was doing so well. Uh, you remember that? So you know, <laughs> then they put it on the next. Yeah. One. <laughs> so they wound up on two or three albums because of the, of the response.
1: Oh, I believe there are angels among us Sent down to us from somewhere up above They come to you and me In our darkest hours To show us how to live To teach us how to give to guide us with the light of
0: love They were so many faces Tell me about your uh, raising cattle. I guess after about
2: 1980, I, I, I hadn't, been, hadn't been for Alabama. I would never own probably one acre of land. But uh, uh, I was able to by my grandfather's old cotton farm, started with it, he had 60 acres there and, and added, added to it over the years a little bit, but uh, sure didn't want to raise cotton, so I said, well, I'll sow some grass and get some cows, and we, we started, me and Randy bought some Hereford cows the same day, I think, from a neighbor of ours. We had 28 or 29 Heifer, Hereford Heifers. And
0: and they were all beef uh, beef cattle? Yeah,
2: beef beef cows. and No milking. Uh, no milking, yeah. no. Uh, Randy. Uh, Actually, he he grew up milking a cow, and uh, uh, you know his mom and dad had had a cow. And we got we entered a milking contest in a fair at a fire down in Missouri one time, Bill. And we were three of us against I think the governor and a couple other people there. But they didn't know that we had a real milker, you know. In our <laughs> we had a had a Randy was I mean he could he could make a a milk bucket sing. There yeah, is yeah, an, yeah, there, yeah, there know, is mean. an art to that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we. Yeah, we started uh, in 1980 with some cattle, I mean Randy both continued to have a few cows over the years and some people like the ocean rolling in, you know, that yeah.
0: kind of gives them that peaceful feeling and I kind of like to hear cows eating grass. Did you ever have the old cow to to switch her tail in the summertime when you're, it oh was, yeah. And they had, they had cuckaburros and no, I had and, something else. <laughs> Some green manure. Uh, it had grassy material. <laughs> yeah, Slapped that was that's an art,
3: it. you know, and of course a sidey head. But the other is squirted with
0: a cat. Uh-oh. you know, um, if you ever had cats, any kid the Randy and I came from the same place. If you ever had cats in the barn, the cats would come up and go meow, meow, oh, yeah. and you say you want a drink. Are you sure you want a drink? Yeah, yeah <laughs> and yeah. straight from the source, right? Yeah, absolutely. And to, and to
2: sit on the, the milk stool and not and milk without turning the milk bucket over.
0: You know, <laughs> you know it was yeah. real hard to do too. Do yeah. so. you ever churn butter? Of course. Yeah.
3: I'm proud I have. Yeah. Because uh, I wouldn't take anything for. Knowing how to do all that stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, I plowed a mule. Sure. Uh, Mr. Copeland, I got paid big money. I got $5 a day. And uh, like Teddy's talking about, thanks to the music deal with Alabama, yeah. I own that land now. Uh-huh. And I remember, I remind myself every time I walk out there, whoa, gee haw, <laughs> you know, to the mule because. And he was very nice to me, yeah. and he always gave me a $5 bill. Yeah. But, uh, you know, being able to maneuver the plow stock and, yeah. and uh, the, have the old mule do what you tell her to do, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, those are, are the realest things that, you know, you can be yeah.
0: and be part of. And, and it helps you. It, it, it helps in the music, you know, identifying with folks. Before we leave the cow business, you, did you ever get tired of the cow switching you and with her tail and hurting your face? And do you ever tie it to it? Uh, uh, tie it to a nail on the top no. of the. No. My brother and I did that because it would you know she'd try to switch it, and, but she couldn't because it was tied to a nail. And that that is good, unless when you get done milking and you let her. You open it up and she goes out. And forgets to untie the tail. You better untie the tail. Or she'll pull the barn down, I gotta tell you what. When she's done. That's a new one for me. My brother and I did that. <laughs> and we got we got a good weapon for that one. Said, Don't you ever do that again to yeah. me. Yeah. Because
1: he <laughs> I can feel. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know.
0: When I came in last night we had a, you fed us very well, Jeff here, and I was eating and you got started early on on the rehearsal and I heard this beautiful band sound and I heard God sent his son, they called him Jesus and I told told Barry, my son-in-law, I said that sounds good. I had heard it on the I had heard it on the record, but it it sounded so good to hear you singing. My my baby just told me. She
3: said, uh, "Dad, if you get a chance, I want you to sing because he lives." Uh... And I said, "Well, Poppy will do it if he gets a chance." I don't know for some reason that song is very it's emotional to me uh, in places that. Uh, I don't know it just brings out an emotion that and I think it might be because it's so uh, such so much about my family and uh, just we just had the the TIG reunion and uh, my mother's playing piano and uh, they're all singing uh, you know because he lives I got a smile on my face Uh I'm thinking about I actually got to sing that song Uh I actually got to record it and I know the guy
0: it says he wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that song written? You? That was written in 69, and we had just had our uh, third baby. And we really started out with that verse. It says, uh, How sweet to hold our newborn baby and feel the pride and the joy that he gives. But greater still... The calm assurance this kid can face uncertain days, because Christ lives, and because He lives, we can face tomorrow. There are times in difficulty, and our emails and mail down through the years that uh, that <clears throat> that have come to us in, the, in a lot of different stories of the father who said. Three months ago, I I backed over my two-year-old toddler in the driveway. Didn't know that he was even back there, you know. And, and, and he died. And he said, uh, "I I don't know what I'd, I'd have done without that, that song. I, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because it was just it was just a matter of you know of facing it. The night after." Gloria's father died. We had a concert at Harry Crown Theater in Chicago, and we sang the entire concert. We had stopped that day to make the funeral arrangements. We were in Kansas City the night before when he did die. We flew home, made the funeral arrangements, and that little girl was pretty tough. Went up, we gave the concert, did not say a word about his death, and it was an unexpected death. We got to that last verse, and then one day I'll cross the river and I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory and I know He reigns because He lives. And that little wife of mine of 40, 52 years now, then it was just you know, 20 years of marriage. But she had to live out that theology of a word, you know, some words that she had written. And then we told the crowd at the very last song on that song. And Gloria's dad died last night, you know. Mm. But this truth is still the truth. It's, truth in, it's true in good times. It's also true in bad times. There are times, especially, you know, I'm at my age where I say, you know, every day is a bonus. But in, in reality, every day for any of us, even for the young people, we don't have, have any guarantee of tomorrow. Mm. So I find myself these days getting up and being very grateful and thankful. <laughs> I got up this morning, clothed in my right mind, <laughs> drank my coffee. <laughs> and I said, I never thought I'd live this long. But, uh, but Lord, thank you for this day. Mm-hmm. You feel that way at times? Every, uh, every day. Yeah.
3: Every day, I've had cancer. Didn't know that. That's what the doctor said. Yeah. You tell everybody you had cancer. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple of months ago, I had my test come back. And it was zero. It was five years. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that C word, <laughs> I hate it. That, that'll get your attention, don't it? It got was. my attention. And when I see those beautiful children at St. Jude,
0: it's even more relevant than it ever was. Because uh, you know, you've spent a lot of time and energy and, and well, it's like I told them, tell
3: them you know when I tell them I like how many of y'all are cancer survivors. Of course, they all are. I mean, basically, I raise my hand with them because I understand that not what they're going through, but I understand what to see where it is.
0: Yeah, it's awful and the good news of the gospel is he can get us through tough times and even through the sea you know so because I was going to tell you a bull joke. Uh, a bull joke? Yeah. Okay. L- what do you talk about? It. The this farmer. We've heard a lot of bull. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this this farmer had, uh, had had three bulls. had had, had a, two old bulls and a young bull. And he was talking to his neighbor farmer, and he says, "I'm not happy with the cat, with the with the offsprings I'm getting." I I really need to get a better bull, okay, in here. So the old bull, the two old bulls, the young bull, heard him say that, so when he left, the old bull looked at the, uh, young, uh, at the other two bulls and said, well, he may bring that new bull in, but he's not gonna get any of my cows. And the other bull said, not gonna get any of mine. The young bull said, he's not gonna get any of mine. So the day came for this new grand champion bull, and they they heard the snorting and the bellowing a mile down the road in the in, you know in the truck. Just all kind of noise and and all three of the bulls looked up. And said, What's that? It must be that new bull. So pulls in the barn lot, didn't even wait to get the door open, the bull kicked the uh, gate open on the truck, the the back of the truck, ran through the gate, ran through the fence, and ran out in the field and started snorting. And uh, the old bull looked at the other old bull and said, you know, on the second thought, if he wants my cows, he can have (laughs) (laughs) them. And the other old bull said, same here, man. Looked down, the young bull was pawing and snorting right at the new bull. He said, Junior, what in the world are you doing? He said, I'm just making sure he knows I'm a bull. He <laughs> said, <laughs> <laughs> a great story. <laughs> Thank you for joining me for this episode of More Than The Music. For details on the Gaither Vocal Band tour dates, the latest Gaither music releases, and much more, visit us online at gaither.com. This is Bill Gaither signing off until the next edition of More Than The Music.